podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. Today, we return to the listener library for a suggestion from our mysterious listener, Mark. Mark writes, I'd like to suggest the radio drama Tell Death Do Us Part from Inner Sanctum, starring Everett Sloan and Mercedes McCambridge. After several listenings, it continues to keep me in suspense. Not to coin a phrase. Inner Sanctum was created by Hyman Brown, a notable figure in the history of American broadcasting. Brown's career in radio spanned eight decades and a diverse range of genres, from his adaptation of comic strip hero Dick Tracy to his 1970s revival of radio drama The CBS Radio Mystery Theater. Despite his many contributions to the medium, Brown is best remembered for Inner Sanctum. The program ran on NBC from January 1941 to October 1952 and featured one of horror radio's most iconic hosts, Raymond Edward Johnson. Raymond introduced each story with a litany of ghoulish jokes and puns, often taking the time to chuckle at his own sardonic wit. In 1945, Raymond left the series, replaced by Broadway actor Paul McGrath, known by the somewhat minimalist title, Mr. Host. McGrath carried on the tradition of painful puns, teaming up with the Lipton Tea spokeswoman, Mary Bennett, to create one of radio's strangest comedy duos. As Mark mentioned in his email, Tell Death Do Us Part stars Everett Sloan and Mercedes McCambridge. During the 1930s, Everett Sloan was a regular on the radio news dramatization series, The March of Time, where he met the young Orson Welles. Wells later recruited Sloan to join the Mercury Theater on the air and cast him in several of his films, including Citizen Kane and The Lady from Shanghai. Sloan was a frequent guest star in Inner Sanctum and The Shadow, and in 1953 starred as Captain Frank Kennelly in the CBS radio crime drama 21st Precinct. Mercedes McCambridge began her radio career in the late 1930s, making frequent appearances on mystery and horror programs such as Lights Out, I Love a Mystery, and Inner Sanctum. In 1951, McCambridge starred in the short-lived and criminally underrated drama Defense Attorney. In addition to her radio work, McCambridge won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for her portrayal of Sadie Burke in the 1949 film All the King's Men. Co-starred with Joan Crawford and Sterling Hayden in the 1954 cult classic Johnny Guitar, and perhaps most pertinent to her radio work, provided the voice of the demon Pazuzu in The Exorcist. And now let's listen to Till Death Do His Part from Inner Sanctum, originally broadcast October 27th, 1947. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. Sanctum Mysteries, brought to you by Bromo Seltzer. This is your host, 
Bidding you welcome through the squeaking door. We're having a class reunion here tonight. Perhaps you'd like to meet some of our alumni. Oh, yes, everyone here has a degree. Third degree, to be exact. You see that fellow over there riding the hobby horse with his head tucked under his arm? Well, he was decapitated on an inner sanctum play a few weeks ago. Now he's auditioning for the part of the headless horseman. <laughs> and that little chap over there, the, the lonesome-looking fellow, he's a pickpocket. Yes, poor chap. Whenever he gets real lonely, he goes out in a crowd for a little change. <laughs> By the way, have you heard our class yell? It's just one word. Ouch! And our school color? Black and blue, of course. <laughs> Tonight's Inner Sanctum Mystery, Till Death Do Us Part, was written by Emil Tepperman and stars Everett Sloan in the role of Joe with Mercedes McCambridge as Nancy and is presented by the Emerson Drug Company of Baltimore, Maryland, whose registered pharmacist compound Bromo Seltzer, the headache product that's both fast-acting and pleasant-tasting. No wonder in a representative survey, druggers from coast to coast report that Bromo Seltzer is the favorite relief for headache pain at their drugstore fountains. In fact, five times as many of these druggers said that the leader is Bromo Seltzer. And now we can turn to a little matter of murder. Our story tonight begins on a pleasant note with a honeymoon couple. But don't start to squirm. The unpleasantness will commence soon enough. Oh, darling, no. <laughs> Just look at them. Oh, no. Joe and Nancy Page, married hardly five hours, and parked at the side of the road by the bank of the old mill stream and whispering sweet nothings to each other. Oh, gee, Nancy, it's wonderful to be married to you. Oh, I Joe. If the other clerks at Scott's department store could see us now. Uh-uh. No, I don't want anybody to see us. I just want to be alone with you, Joe, for the rest of my life. I hope you don't mind spending our honeymoon in a tourist cabin instead of a swanky hotel. Oh, I love it this way, Joe. The stream rushing past, the moonlight shining on the bridge, the woods all around us. Oh, look. There's another car. They're parking on the bridge. He's turning his headlights out, too. <laughs> They think they've got privacy. <laughs> Guess they can't see us parked here. Look, Joe. The couple's getting out of the car. Yeah. For a walk on the bridge. Mm. I wonder if this is their wedding night, too. That's a beautiful car, they get. Joe. What? That couple, they're acting very strange. They're having an argument. Joe, look what he just took out of his pocket. Holy mackerel, a gun. He's pointing the gun at her. <laughs> Joe! Joe! He shot her in the face. Holy... Mackerel, it can't be. Must be a gag of some kind. No, no, you saw the flashes when he fired the gun, and see how still she lies. Her body's crumpled to his feet. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's picking her up. I bet he's going to throw Joe, her. don't let him. No, no. See, you push my hand down on the horn. He sees us. He'll drive across the bridge. He knows we witnessed the murder. He's got to kill us, too. Oh, Joe, quick, start our car. He'll be here before I can turn the car around. What do we do? We'll duck into the woods. Come on. Oh, quick. What's wrong? Oh, my high heels. I can't run fast. You've got to. Here, throw these bushes. Get behind the tree. 
getting out of the car. He has a gun, Joe. He means to kill us. He's coming straight for this tree. He knows we're here. Nancy, we've got to run for our lives. Take my hand. Come on. Joe, he's shooting at us. Run, Nancy. Joe, I can't go much further. We can't stop. He's close behind us. Is he gaining on us? No, but he's still after us. Oh, please, let's stop and rest. Not yet. I saw headlights up ahead. Maybe there's a road. If we can only make it. Joe, I'm through. I, I can't go anymore. Nancy, look. Through the trees. The road. Come on. One last sprint. We'll stop the first car that comes along. No. Oh, now take it easy, baby. I was thinking of that poor girl lying dead on the fridge. And on our wedding night, too. Oh, here comes the car. I'll stop it. He didn't stop it. He went right by. Joe. What? I think I hear something behind us in the woods. Only the wind in the trees. Suppose. Suppose he should suddenly step out of those woods with his gun. Maybe he gave up. Maybe he went back to take care of that body. Our car is there, Joe. With our marriage license in the glove compartment and the receipt Mrs. Swenson gave us for the cabin. Yeah, he'll know all about us. Who we are, where to find us. We don't know a thing about him. Except his face. The face of a murderer. Come on, Nancy. I think we better start walking. We've got to get to the cabin and phone the police. further, Joe. It's just around the bend. Tony, I'd like to lie down and sleep right here on the road. A fine way to spend a wedding. Darling, look. We're there. Swenson's cabin. Yeah. They're all dark. Everybody's asleep. We'll have to wake up Mrs. Swenson. Use her phone. Joe. What? Look. In front of our cabin. What? Hey. That's our car. The murderer must have come here by another road to wait for us. I don't see anybody around. Maybe he's in the car. You wait here. I'll go and see. Oh, no, Joe, he'll kill you. Don't worry. We both saw his face. He's got to kill us both. If I go over there alone, he won't shoot until he knows where you are. But I... Now, take it easy. Stay back here in the shadows. It'll be all right. It's okay, Nancy. The car is empty. Maybe... He's hiding somewhere close by. No, he must have skipped out. Why would he bring our car back? He wanted to get it away from the bridge. Don't you see? He must have dumped that girl's body in the river, and then he took our car away. No trace. Oh, Joe, I'm scared. Maybe he's hiding inside the cabin, waiting for us. He'd be a sap. One shot would wake up all the people in the other cabins, and Mrs. Swenson, too. He'd never get away with it. Come on. We're going into our cabin and get cleaned up. Then we'll use the phone. Switch is right here. There, you see? Nobody hiding in here. Holy mackerel. What is Over there. On the bed. No! It's the girl's body with her face shot away. Just like we saw her on the bridge. Oh. 
listening to Inner Sanctum, brought to you by... From time to time on this program, you've heard from folks who told how they got speedy relief from headache pain by taking a refreshing glass of bromo seltzer. These people write in on their own initiative to say that they appreciate the quick and pleasant headache help that bromo seltzer brings. Recently, we received such a letter from Mrs. Katharina Eckerlein of Schenectady, New York. Mrs. Eckerlein said... One Sunday afternoon, as a young bride of 24, I went for a walk with my husband. On our return home, I developed a headache. My husband went into a nearby drugstore for bromo seltzer, which a friend had suggested. And bromo seltzer brought me quick relief from my pain. Many years have passed, and ever since that day, I've made sure I had bromo seltzer on hand at all the time. Thank you, Mrs. Eckerlein. It's no wonder that you and thousands of others always turn to bromo seltzer for headache help. For bromo seltzer not only relieves headache pain, but also helps the stomach upset and jittery nerves that may go with an ordinary headache. So remember that, friends, and... Ah, now we can return to that cozy little honeymoon cabin where Joe and Nancy found the beautiful corpse on their bed. The corpse who'd had her face lifted. Well, that's what you get for shooting off your mouth. But don't worry. Before the night's over, the murderer may have his face lifted, too. On the end of a rope. Now, if that murderer were an Oriental, he might try to save faith. But you can't save your face if you lose your head, can you? <laughs> In the meantime, I wonder what Joe and Nancy are going to do with the uninvited corpse in their wedding bed. Don't you? <laughs> oh, now listen, Nancy. We have to think this over. We're in a jam. <laughs> oh, for the love of Pete, Nancy, this is no time to faint. Shot away. Don't look at her. Here, sit down. Joe, what do we do? I don't know. I've got to think. On our wedding night to have a thing like this happen. Why did he leave her here, Joe? To put us in the spot. The cops will never believe our story now. They'll think we killed her. We killed Joe, we never saw her before in our lives. Nancy, we've got to get rid of her. We've got to take her back, back to the bridge, and dump her right back on the murderer. Oh, no. It's the only thing we can do. Suppose the cops come here and find her. They'll grill us for hours. They'll hold us for the inquest. It might take a week, two weeks. A fine way to spend a honeymoon in jail. Oh, I never thought of that. We've got to do it. We've got to take her back. That means we have to... We have to lift her up and carry her. I'll carry her, but you'll have to help. I couldn't. You've got to, honey. I couldn't. What must I do? You go out and get the back door of the car open, and then I'll bring her out. Joe. Joe, they'll find us here with the body. Quick. Throw the blanket over. I'll see who it is. No, I can't go near her. Do as I say. Quick. Try. Give me a minute. Who? Uh, who is it? It's I, Mrs. Swenson. This blanket is too short. Uh, uh, just a minute, Mrs. Swenson. Feet are sticking out. Get those clothes out of the police. Throw them on top of her. It's the best I can do. All right. 
sit on the bed in front of her feet. Oh, please hurry, Mr. Stone. Uh, uh, coming, Mrs. Swanson. Everything okay, Nancy? Yes, I feel faint. Bite your lip, do anything, but don't faint now. Oh, I, uh, good evening, Mrs. Swanson. Good evening, Mr. Stone. I, I hope I'm not intruding. I saw your light, so I knew you weren't asleep yet. Hey, uh, we, we were just going to sleep, uh, weren't we, Nancy? Oh, yes. <laughs> I should have thought you'd been asleep long ago. See, I brought you a jug of my own homemade apple cider. I'll put it right here in some glasses, too. Oh, well, thank you, Mrs. Swanson. It's awfully nice of you. Oh, not at all. It's so nice to have a honeymoon couple. I wanted to do it earlier, but my heart was bothering me. I've a bad heart, you know. Oh, I'm uh, terribly sorry to hear that, Mrs. Swanson. Thank you for everything. Aren't you going to try my cider? I thought you'd like to drink a toast. Well, we're not very thirsty right now, Mrs. Swanson. Are, uh, are we, Nancy? Oh, no, no. <laughs> of course not. Well, now I'll run right along and leave you both strictly alone. Uh, good night, Mrs. Swanson, and, and thank you again. Good night, Mrs. Swanson. Oh, you poor dear, you look all tuckered out sitting there on the bed. I bet you don't even know how to make up a bed. Here, I'll make it up for you. Oh, uh, no. Well, it's the least I can do. Now, you just sit over there on the chair, my dear. Please don't. Why? Well, she she means, uh, uh, please don't bother. Oh, it's no bother. <gasps> what? What's this? We, we we can explain everything. Shot! She's been shot in the face, murdered. Oh, please, Mrs. Swenson, it isn't oh, what you think. Murdered? You, you're no honeymooners. You're, you're murderers. Oh, my. Stop that. Let me go. Let me go. Shut up. Joe, Joe, look out, you're smothering her, your hand. Just trying to stop her yelling. Please, Mrs. Swenson. Joe, Joe, what happened? I, I don't know. I, she just went limp and slid down on the floor. M- Mrs. Swenson? M- Mrs. Swenson, are you all right? She's dead. And that one on the bed. We're in a jam, Nancy, in a jam. Oh, Joe, I wish I were dead. They'll hold us for murder, Nancy. It was an accident. You didn't mean to kill Mrs. Swenson. Yeah, but how will we ever prove that we didn't kill the other one, too? We'll never be able to find that guy with the black robes. Did the cops will pin the rap on us? Oh, take me out of here. I can't stand it. Her on the bed and Mrs. Swenson on the floor. Please, let's go away. Let's go far away. You mean run away? Anything, Joe, anything. But let's not stay here. I won't go to jail, Joe. I won't. Yeah. yeah, we'll get out. We'll keep going. Nobody knows the names. They can't trace us. Come on. Get the clothes packed. Joe, I can't close this, believe I'll close it. You get the other one packed. Don't forget anything. Look under the bed. Be sure we don't leave a single thing behind. No, no, we don't leave anything behind. Everything's packed, Joe. Hurry. All right. I'll take the bags. You put the lights out. Joe. Hey. What? What, Joe? What's wrong? I just thought. Our fingerprints all over the place. Oh, what'll we do, Joe? Gotta wipe them off. Off everything. Grab a towel. 
We'll wipe everything in sight. We wiped everything, Joe, I think. The bedstead. Yeah. Bathroom. Faucet. Yes. Doorknobs, dresser. Yes, yes. Water pitcher. Yes. All right, that's all. Let's go. No, Joe, no. The cider jug. We didn't wipe there. We didn't touch it. Well, I'll wipe it anyhow. Well, snap it up. All right. Come on, then. I'll feel better in the car. Out on the road. Got anything? I don't know. I can't think. I, I'm numb all over. Oh, darling. Holy mackerel, Nancy. I'm a murderer, a killer. <sighs> Running away. We shouldn't have done it. We shouldn't have run away. Oh, it's not as if you killed her on purpose. It was an accident. Nancy, do you realize you're married to a murderer? I wasn't murdered. Oh, it was so easy. So easy to kill. I never thought it could be so easy. All I did was to... Hold my hand over her face. Joe, please. Joe. What time is it? It's almost two o'clock. We've been driving for an hour. Got a cigarette? I think there's some in the glove compartment. I'll get him. Joe. What? Our marriage license is gone. What? Are you sure? It's gone, Joe. It was right here. The murderer. He took it. Why? Why would he take our marriage license? I don't know. I can't think straight anymore. Joe, he knows our names. He knows everything about us. Oh, Joe, there's no use our running away. He knows who we are. We'll always be at his mercy. Gosh, I... I feel all in. I... I can't drive anymore. I gotta rest and think. We'll pull up at the side of the road. Look, up ahead, there's a gas station. Close for the night. We can park there. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could sleep for a hundred years. Poor Joe. Here. Put your head on my shoulder. <sighs> the first night of our honeymoon. And maybe the last. Uh, uh, Hey, it's daylight. I slept all through the night. I guess I fell asleep, too. It's chilly. Yeah. We should have closed the windows. Mm -mm. Gee, honey, you look pretty with your hair mussed up. (laughs) Gosh, your hands are cold. Here, let me warm them. This is our first morning together, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, our first morning together. But this isn't the way I used to dream about it. Oh, baby, how did we ever get into a mess like this? We're back where we were last night, in the same jam. Nothing's changed. Those two corpses are still in the cabin. What do we do? Joe, let's not think about it for a while yet. Let's go and find a place for breakfast. Our first breakfast together. And after that, we can go back thinking about it. But at least let's have those few minutes. A sort of stay of execution. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
There's a place, Joe, a diner. Yep. But I haven't got much appetite. No, what we both need is something hot. Think there's an alarm out for us yet? Joe, please, let's not think about it. No other customers inside. That's good. Good morning. Been traveling all night? Yeah. Yeah, all night. Uh, some scrambled eggs, please. Right. That'll take us for a minute. That's all right. We'll wait. And I'll turn the radio up on you. Your friendly neighborhood station with the early morning local news. During the night, death came to Mrs. Hannah Swenson, whose tourist cabins are located on the Bay Park Highway. Yeah. Right yeah, on heard. Route 27. Mrs. Swenson's body was discovered by Oscar Johnson, the handyman, who was awakened by the sound of a car driving away from one of the cabins. Investigating, he found Mrs. Swenson lying on the floor of cabin three. Dr. Macklin, who was summoned immediately, announced that Mrs. Swenson had died of a heart attack. He had been treating her for a severe heart ailment. A heart attack? Didn't seem to respond I didn't kill her. Joe, he didn't see anything about... The police are anxious to contact a couple who occupied the cabin and who apparently left during the night. They are traveling in a blue four-door sedan. License number 8N1637. Their names are not known as yet. But if they should hear this broadcast, they are requested to call at the state police barracks. Let's get out of here, Nancy. State police are anxious to establish the identity... Hey, what about Dream? I can't wait. We're in a hurry. Come on, Nancy. Joe. Oh, Joe, what does it mean? Joe, why didn't he mention the other body? It's a trap, Nancy. Get it? They're keeping Mum about the girl's body. No, Joe, I don't think so. What else could it be? We left two bodies there, didn't we? Shut the motor off, Joe. Maybe the real murderer was waiting close by all the time. And maybe after we left, he went in and took the girl's body away again. I don't like it. I want to get away from here, far away. Wait, Joe, wait. Don't you realize you're not a murderer, darling? You didn't kill Mrs. Swenson. It was a heart attack. That's what they say. I say it's a trap. Let's get moving. Oh, Joe. It's too late. Look. State troopers. Yeah. Oh, Joe. He's coming right over here. Sure. He's got this license number. Well, I guess our honeymoon is over. Oh, are you Mr. and Mrs. Joseph Stone? Yes. You're Joe Stone? That's right. And you, lady, you're Nancy Stone? Oh, yes, I am. Uh-huh. Well, then, I guess this belongs to you. Thank you. What? What is it? Yeah, take it. Joe. Our marriage license. What? What? Where did you get it? Uh, one of our men happened to be cruising down by the old mill stream last night. He saw a fella get out of a roadster on the bridge carrying a girl's body. Fella dumped the girl over the rail, and our man went after him. They had a gunfight. Fella got a slug through the heart. When we went through his car, we found this. And on the back of it there, you'll notice he, he wrote your license number. Then you got the murderer. Yes, we sure did. But we didn't recover the body of the girl. It's carried downstream, and it may take several days to find it. Then, then we're not wanted for anything? Well, you're the folks from Mrs. Swenson's cabin last night. We figured you left in a hurry. <laughs> kind of embarrassing to have a thing like that happen on your honeymoon, ain't it? <laughs> well, I can't blame you. Well, then we're free to go on our honeymoon. Yeah, you just come on down to the barracks and sign a statement. And then you can be on your way. Well, uh, 
Would you mind, officer, just a few minutes? We want to go back in the diner for our honeymoon breakfast. you expected Joe and Nancy to come to a bad end. You know, it's too bad Nancy had to be framed for murder, but uh, we just couldn't resist framing her. She is as pretty as a picture. And, uh, oh yes, would you care to hear our recipe for eliminating crime? Well, it goes like this. To prevent a murderer from committing murder, you must commit the murderer before he commits the murder. Think that over for a while. And then you'll be ready to murder someone. Hmm. <laughs> if you're at work or out shopping during the day and suddenly a headache hits you, it's no trouble at all to step up to a drugstore fountain and ask for bromo seltzer. But if you get a headache while you're at home, for example, late at night or first thing in the morning, now that's another thing altogether. You need and want headache help in a hurry. And that's when it pays to have Bromo Seltzer in the medicine cabinet, ready to bring you the fast headache help you need when you need it. Thousands of people keep Bromo Seltzer in their medicine cabinets because they find it relieves headache pain quickly and pleasantly and helps the jangled nerves and stomach upset that may team up with an ordinary headache. You see, Bromo Seltzer is compounded by a special process under the supervision of registered pharmacists. Caution, use only as directed. If headaches persist or recur, see your doctor. But for ordinary headaches, just be sure your medicine cabinet always contains... Time to close that squeaking door for another seven-day rest. Until next week at this time, when Bromo Seltzer brings you another inner sanctum mystery directed by Hyman Brown. Oh, by the way, this month's inner sanctum mystery novel is The Blank Wall by Elizabeth Sanksy Holding. Next week, a grisly little tale titled Carnival of Death. It's about... Joe Backus, who was fat, enormously fat. But that's not what made him different from all the other people in the carnival he traveled with. On one night each month, a strange thing, a frightening thing happened to Joe. Want to know more about it? Be sure to listen next Monday. Until then, good night. Pleasant dreams. This is Dwight Weist inviting you to tune in again next Monday at the same time to Inner Sanctum, which is brought to you for your entertainment every Monday by... Friends, today is Navy Day. We salute the United States Navy and pause to remind America's young men that the Navy offers great opportunities for career advancement. 
Find out about the special benefits of a Navy career at your nearest recruiting office. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That was Inner Sanctum with the episode Till Death Do Us Part here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. That was from our listener library, a request coming to us from a mysterious listener, Mark, who wanted us uh, to listen and critique this Inner Sanctum. Always, for me, Inner Sanctum boils down to two things. <laughs> it's a discussion about the show, and it's a discussion about the Raymond or the host. I'm done having that discussion. <laughs> but it's always I mean about super. the show. We're just talking about the host. <laughs> this was Raymond in this one, right? No, this is the ho- This was the yeah. host, yeah. So let's just start there. Forget about the story. How did he do? How were the puns? How was the funny? I thought it was pretty good this time. Wow. <laughs> Strangely, I know it's the exact same thing that I always say in sort of praise, but there's weren't even close to jokes. This, this, <laughs> this was just sentences strung together vaguely related to each other. What I love about it, it's just he has joke intonation. It right. could be anything. He could be reading the news. It's like, partly cloudy. <laughs> mm? And you're like, hilarious. <laughs> But as long as he goes, mm, at it, the does, end, it doesn't you know, still need a, a combination of admiration and resentment. Right. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> right. It's whatever balances. So this one, I think I resented him a little more than I admired him. But it's uh, what, what yeah. were the Balance. jokes or uh, the attempts at jokes in this one? Well, was... um, I thought the most successful one was "Have you heard our class yell?" It's just one Red word. word. Ouch. Ouch. Just yes. because it forced him to do some slightly different delivery for the ouch, <laughs> that one made me laugh. Wait, but what was the follow-up? There was a follow-up. Oh, in our school color, black, black and, and blue. blue. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing like jokes you didn't find funny the first time, told again by your friends. No, what's even better is just watching Tim's face. <laughs> oh. It's not like I'm surprised. Like this is what it's supposed. That's what he does. <laughs> right. If this is the first time you'd listen, you'd be like, "What in God's name is happening? And what is the point?" But now it is for us train wreck, mystery science theater esque. Like we don't listen to Inner Sanctum and the host or Raymond mm-hmm. because it's going to be great. We want to well, see how terrible think, it is. The, the thing of it is, having listened to so many, is. It must be harder to write this way than it would be to write jokes. Yes. Because I don't think anyone's failing at writing jokes here. Yeah, that's the thing. Someone has created a new art. Right. It is this sort of gray zone between a non-joke and a joke. Mm-hmm. It's like a haiku performed in the Catskills. <laughs> new t-shirt. <laughs> Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society. And on the back, like a haiku in the Catskills. Um, I got to ask a question, uh, as long as you haven't started the story yet, about well, Broma Seltzer. Yeah, this is where I was going. I don't know the origins, and maybe uh, a listener could help, of why Broma Seltzer's ads were spoken in that weird demonic train voice because it is let's go to the talking it's terrifying it it (laughs) It is is weird it sounds almost like pennywise the clown or something (laughs) 
I know every headache you've ever had. <laughs> it's just frightening. Son of Sam, the, yeah. the train told me to take this medicine. <laughs> yeah. It must have been effective. People loved it. Here's the yeah. talking train again. And it wasn't, oh, I'm the train. It's, <laughs> I am in your head. <laughs> Oh, it's terrifying. It's... <laughs> and I had to listen to it three times before I heard Helps to Fight Headaches. Right. You... Three ways. All I kept hearing is, three ways. <laughs> three ways. Which might have been why it was so popular. <laughs> I get it. I listened to it five times and all I kept hearing was, burn down your house. Burn it down. Kill them. They're kill them trying... all. They're trying to kill you. Get them first. Promo seltzer. <laughs> Well, if it did cure your headache as well as the train says it does, then you can I tell me I think it anyway. did pretty well because it was taken off the market, I think, in the 70s or the active ingredient because it was essentially a tranquilizer. Oh, for real? <laughs> yes. Someone why researched was, this. Why it was so popular for hangovers because it would just <laughs> knock you the hell out. <laughs> Wow, is that real? That's what I read, yeah. You can't buy bromo seltzer anymore? Maybe you can, but the active ingredient of it um, was a bromide, which I guess is classified as a tranquilizer in the U.S. I wish I would have bought a bunch back and... (laughs) Just hoarded it. (laughs) Hoarded it. (laughs) Little four-year-old Eric. (laughs) Set me up! (laughs) Bromo seltzer. When I'm 53, I'm going to want some tranquilizers. (laughs) I smell that arthritis coming. <laughs> All so right. We can set a record for not getting to the story. <laughs> right? Because I don't want to get to the story. All right, here we go. Uh, so he shot her in the face. <laughs> wow. Wow. Shot her in the face. We're off to a heck of a so start. Many- and they remind you a lot. This is Inner Sanctum, though. They yeah. love this gore. Yes, they do. I had that back and forth. Like, why do you keep saying that? Well, you know, if someone was shot in the face, that might be a detail that jumps out at you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's horrifying, but I will say this, that the script doesn't support enough how horrifying that is. Do you know what I'm getting at? Like, her face is off. There needs to be a lot more, oh my God, like vomiting in the corner. <laughs> her face you say is off. You want that. <laughs> yeah, I think Everett Sloan and Mercedes McCambridge carry this entire yeah. thing because it's so over the top and yes. I don't even mean that as a criticism because it's inner sanctum that's what it is we've discussed this yeah. before I can't listen to an inner sanctum story without imagining like it illustrated by an EC comics artist right and all their sound effects mm-hmm. are really big like I think we talked about in another one with Richard Widmark I forget the title but like the crickets sound huge yes. it's the same thing here it's like <laughs> when they're in a car some distance away the bridge is there He's got a gun. He's going to shoot her. Bang! Bang! Shoot her with an eagle? Good Lord. What was that? (laughs) Shot her face off. Right. What was the guy's name? Everett Sloan played Ted or whatever. Joe. Joe. So Joe, just by the end of this, I had written down, this is the worst decision maker on the face of the planet. Every plan he came up with was a really stupid idea, including... I can't get in the car and turn it around fast enough, so we're going to just run through the woods. I have news for you, Joe. You are in a weapon. Drive it at him. What are you talking about that you can't get in the car fast enough? That was it a- does make me think that he tries to do like that 15-point turn that he's just... <laughs> it's certainly humorous when you say it, but that's one of those moments where the leads sold that moment. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a nice tense moment being forced to run into the woods. 
I went with that. I mean, some of his later decisions make zero sense. So maybe it, <laughs> it's has. just comparatively. I get writing-wise why you want that to happen. Mm-hmm. You absolutely want them running through the woods away from a guy with a gun. Yep. You just got to connect my dots a little bit mm-hmm. better than, yeah. hmm, probably can't turn the car around fast enough. Go! Even as simple as car doesn't start, which is a trope, or it fell off the cliff as we leaned against it. <laughs> You're not really making your point here. Yeah. Get me it turned in. into a pancake. Run! <laughs> so anything would do, would do I would you. have loved that. <laughs> the, the first one that's through it, I was... I can't help but picture my car turning into a pancake well, now. we've lost Eric. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it happens to your older cars. <laughs> Um, the first time listening through it, that was the main thing that struck me. It was like, that was a super bad decision. Why did you do that? And then listening to it again where the just sudden impact of these, what, why? And just sort of going through the story and letting those decisions be. I really enjoyed it. Well, the other if thing... If you can let him go. I see what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. The other great moment in the beginning that helped set the tone that these guys were making panicked decisions was when Nancy's describing that the killer is about to pick his victim up, throw her into the water, mm-hmm. and she panics oh. and hits the horn. Yes. That felt really real. Like, it's the stupidest thing to do, but it felt like a real mm-hmm. bit of like, no, don't do that, and just an instinctual panic. Right. And I think maybe the authenticness of that action I agree. bled into the other events. I think until we get into the cabin and things like that, then his decisions get worse. But, I am... uh, but that opening scene, I would say that like the first 10 minutes mm-hmm. of this are really good. I would say the first 20 minutes are pretty good because it keeps getting so ridiculous that, like Tim, I'm willing to buy in because this is so <laughs> fun, right? Right. It is the twist at the end, which I admire, but they don't earn. Right. <laughs> right. right. The fact that they get off scot-free and nothing happens, it doesn't even make sense. Okay, good. The cops would have to be drunk or it's a dream sequence or something. The idea is solid, but they needed to carefully set all these little pieces that you didn't notice that come around to save them in the end instead of, well, found the killer and he just happened to have your marriage license in his glove compartment and that woman died under mysterious circumstances of a heart attack in your room. You're free to go. I mean, like, yeah, right. it didn't make any sense. That was that remained one of the glorious questionable decisions. Like, we'll just wipe this room clean of fingerprints, and there'll be no connection between us and this room. <laughs> Other than the but then there's a weird <laughs> moment where she goes, "Wait, I forgot that pot," and I was like, "Oh, that's a plot point. No, nope, just what, there's no point in her going back for that one last thing. That has nothing to do with anything, unless you were ten seconds short. <laughs> we need another line in here. I got it. I got it. She forgot." To wipe down something. Uh, but the thing I love probably the most about this <laughs> is, like, basically Joe's logic turns out in this entire thing to be all about, this is ruining my honeymoon. honeymoon. Yes. That's... I love it. And it's such a male-female thing because she's like, oh, that poor woman on our honeymoon, too. <laughs> it starts to smell of, and that's a horrible way to put it. It starts, to, instead of him like, oh, our nice honeymoon's beginning ruined, he's so obsessive over it. I'm like, wow, this is about sex. <laughs> This is a man. This is about sex. This is a man who just wants to have sex. It struck me of like this lady who came into the room of like, did she knock? Did she just walk in on this honeymoon couple? Yeah, that was the other funny thing. Like, (laughs) oh, come on. When the tourist cabins are (laughs) rocking. And just won't leave. And like, no, I want to see you drink that. Yeah, he's so inconvenienced by all of this. Oh, but my favorite stuff. thing, it's his logic for why they can't call the police uh, once they find this body laid out in their room with her 
face shot off. His logic is we can't call the police now. They'll grill us for hours. They'll hold us for the inquest. It might take a week. A fine way to spend our honeymoon. It's like, but there's a woman with her face shot off. It'll be a lot easier if you just take her back to the scene of the crime and dump the body. Or or just call the cops and not be on the run for the rest of your life. (laughs) Take the two weeks something awful has happened, it's going to be okay. Yeah, it's like, I really have not ever had sex and we're going to have it no matter what. (laughs) That's what it seems like. Uh, There's another line in this that it just floored me. I couldn't stop laughing. When he tells her, this is not a time to faint. No, actually, it's the perfectly normal time to faint. There is a faceless dead woman in our bed. I can't think of a better time for someone to faint. Women. (laughs) I'm gonna roll it over. No, you don't even have to budget over. We can get right in bed. (laughs) Come on, honeymoon, honeymoon. I'm so sorry, Mark. Is I thoroughly, so obsessed by this it. is the thing about Inner Sanctum, though. I still, you still love thoroughly it. enjoyed every moment because when they make bad choices, they're always like, "What the? You actually are doing this?" So I'm <laughs> fascinated. It's never a boring choice. I, it, I'm not saying that makes it a excellent uh, it's script, because but as a listener, it was easy to listen to it even a second time because it's because it's just Inner like, Sanctum I did hear that is written with this sense when you listen to it of we don't care if you like it. If anybody like, we don't care. It's like they don't have an, a specific audience in mind. It's like they're not trying to appeal to anything. It's like, we're doing this. I think almost the opposite, as in they know what people love is just the most sensational thing in each moment that they can possibly come up with happening. <laughs> Good point. Whether it's logical or not is going right. to keep people listening. Well, last week we were discussing uh, Willis Cooper in Quiet, Please, which mm-hmm. is a, a lovely tra- uh, contrast, yes. yes, and just how carefully uh, crafted Willis Cooper scripts are. Right. Uh, this, by contrast, is, you know it would be an awesome scene. Well, how do we get there? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Just write it. <laughs> uh, not time to turn the car around. Fine, get him in the woods. Let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Can that face some... someone in that bed? <laughs> I, I got, I've got to get to this. Yeah. Holy well, mackerel. Will someone please tell me? <sighs> I got so lost. So... So he shoots the woman on the bridge, right? Mm-hmm. Throws her off the bridge, sees them. No, he doesn't throw her. He's off the bridge. planning to see them, and then the horn honks, mm-hmm. interrupting him. So he then sees he sees them in that moment because she honked the horn. So then he gets and in their car, moving toward them. And then he gets in their car. He chases them in the woods. They run shooting away, shooting at them. Yes. Then he gets in their car. <laughs> yes. Knows where they're going. Yes, to bring their car to them. Because she has the receipt in the glove compartment okay. for the tourist Correct. cab. So he goes there, leaves the car out front, and puts the dead lady in their bed. Why? To frame them, to frame we're them? led to believe. However, okay. he then somehow changes his mind and decides not to frame them, takes the body back out, right. drives it to the same bridge, not a different place to get rid of the body, and that's where he's spotted by a cop and shot dead. Okay, so it's not just me. This is convoluted and not well thought Are out. you kidding? It's like <laughs> ballet. <laughs> I... Could no, not right, follow this plot line to save my life. What is the motivation it, it for all of these? It took a second listen, and then you realize, oh, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, everything I think makes sense up until they run away from the cabin. I even like killing the landlady. I was like, wow, now they've, they've yeah. become murderers themselves. And I thought it was going to be one of those just classic crime stories mm-hmm. uh, where 
innocent people get pushed too far and we just see how far they're willing to go. And it's I like thought the hit, next step like was they, yeah, they run yeah. away from that and then they start just outright you know, murdering people. And that's kind of where <laughs> I thought it was going. And I think that's kind of what the authors were trying to make you think of because they wanted to give this big mm-hmm. twist at the mm-hmm. end of like, oh, they're off the hook and they're totally free. <laughs> so the first half of it is really solid inner sanctum despite its over the topness mm-hmm. um, it falls apart after that for me. I do like that in that it really displays not so much that we're bad decision makers but we're just terrible criminals we're yeah. given no thought to how to evade the police what I was going to say earlier you know I, I'm ripping Ted, Joe, whatever for making poor decisions but you put me in that position <laughs> I'm probably making even worse decisions I don't think I'd be very suffocate cold. the landlady right <laughs> also I think that You've hit on something, Joshua, that a really good old-time radio series would be following a couple that wherever they go, they accidentally kill people. <laughs> we did it again! No! no! Like an anti-Nick and Nora. <laughs> I was just handing her the ice pick. <laughs> Why did she come at me so fast? <laughs> Run! So there is another host line when he says uh, she's shooting her mouth off. Oh, isn't that the line? Something like something that, or like some, you know, being shot in the face, hilarious and joke. And there was a reference to Oriental. Yes, oriental saving face, which I... What is that all about? Yeah, I don't know. Like That sounds... What? What is that? Yeah. All I knew is, I'm pretty sure that's not correct by today's standards. But since we couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I just decided I need to stop Googling old-time racist terms. <laughs> 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 Some kind of trouble here soon. So I just let that one go. However, I think the most <laughs> offensive thing in this whole story is I bet you don't even know how to make up a bed. <laughs> That's what she told him. Yes, sir. Uh, well, you don't even know how to do that. <laughs> Again, it's our honeymoon night, lady. Right. Let me come back at this lecture tomorrow. <laughs> We've already pushed Faceless Girl to the side. And am I envisioning that scene correctly that she has gotten under the blankets with Faceless yeah. Lady? To- no, I got the idea that the blankets weren't long enough. They were short-sheeted? Yes. <laughs> and so she is sort of sitting on the feet or covering it. Yeah, I don't know. That's what it sounded like to me. Like I imagined dead Mercedes McCambridge sitting on a dead woman's feet. <laughs> All right, let's vote. Joshua, you have to go first. <laughs> <laughs> you have to tell Mark. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed this. I don't know that it stands the test of time. One of those ones that I admire what it was trying to do, it didn't quite do it for me. I will say the first 15 minutes are really solid inner sanctum, and I would like to see a second draft of it. Now I sound like a teacher. Um, inner sanctum, I'm going to give this back to you. Um, if you can get it back to me next week, we could maybe talk about a better grade. <laughs> I would not say that this is does not stand the test of time. Because I don't feel it has decreased in clarity. In t- like it is exactly as bonkers now as it was at the time. It was- yeah, you make a very good point. Yes. <laughs> time it was broadcast. It's super fun. It's not hard to pick at it because it's got a lot of flaws. But as we've discussed, like they put this together knowing that and unashamed. I would say stands the test of time. Not a classic. It does stand the test of time for me in the sense of... Uh, know what you're getting into. Not only with Inner Sanctum, but this particular episode. This is what it is. It's over the top. Uh, you're going to have to let some stuff go. It's not, you know, just <laughs> let it go. But 
more than all of that, I think it stands the test of time. As Joshua said at the top, Everett Sloan and Mercedes McCambridge mm-hmm. save it from being an utter, complete disaster. Two of the best uh, radio actors of all time, radio drama actors. And uh, they make some silly moments in dialogue actually a little scary and suspenseful through sheer willpower. <laughs> so there. Thank you, Mark. That was one of those radio shows that was as much fun to talk about, maybe <laughs> yes. more than it was to listen to. <laughs> yes. So well played, if sir. You, if you're feeling bad about how we felt about it, please, we really, really enjoyed getting to talk about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Mark. Tim, tell them stuff. Please go visit ghoulishdelights.com. That is the home of this podcast. You'll find other episodes there, and it's a great way to contact us or to talk to other people who listen to the podcast. Uh, people leave comments on individual episodes. Respond to us. Respond to them. Um, you can also just get a hold of us through a, a contact page. Uh, let us know if there's any episodes you'd like to have us listen to. You can also go to um, patreon.com slash the morals and support this podcast with money because um, we do enjoy that uh, and we appreciate it. You can also go to iTunes and write a review, particularly if you're on your honeymoon. Please stop whatever you're doing <laughs> and write a review of this podcast right now. What's coming up next? Uh, next, we have an episode selected by Tim. Oh, hey, it's me. Uh, we'll be listening to an episode of The Adventures of Ellery Queen entitled The Adventure of the World Series Crime. Until then. Look out! You can always expect the unexpected on The Newlywed Game. Fine way to spend a wedding night. Oh, what a wedding night to have a thing like this happen. We started out on a honeymoon and now I'm a, I'm a murderer. First night of our honeymoon. Well, I guess our honeymoon is over.